Yo, 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 Melanated family. What's up, man? I'm happy to be back. I haven't actually recorded anything, family. I would say in about uh, five or six days, I have like sciatica in my back. So, shit, your brother was laid out, couldn't really work, in hella pain, off hella medication. But I'm back, ready to spit to the family. Have been dropping interviews, though. If anybody isn't aware, here on the Melanated Combo, there is a podcast version of how I talk and what I do. That is the interview portion of what we do here. So if you um, check the YouTube channel for the Melanated Combo podcast every Friday, the interviews have still been coming. But as far as, you know, me just shooting the shit with y'all and, 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 and having these conversations about specific things that go on, whether in the news or just stuff that I see, like my commentary type videos. Haven't been able to do them here in about a week because the sciatica of my back. And if y'all don't know anybody that be having back pain, if you haven't had it yourself, the shit is debilitating, family. You know what I mean? Like, I would rather be in a situation where my arm hurt or maybe just one of my legs or one of my limbs. But shit, when it's your back and it's like the nerves that run through the back of your legs, that shit is debilitating. I couldn't do nothing for a whole week, but I'm back, family. And it's time to get it in. You know what I mean? So, of course, while I'm laying there and chilling during the moments that I'm not in pain, I'm reading articles. I'm just coming up with info and different ways to communicate with the family. So how's everybody doing, man? How's everybody feeling? You feeling blessed? You feeling lucky? Like on some real shit? <laughs> and I always make comments like this, but just being on my back for a week, right? Like not being able to use my legs. And if anybody know me. I'm a, I'm an athletic brother. I'm all, I'm I'm walking fast. I'm always moving around. I don't mind walking. I don't mind running. I don't mind competing. That's just my mentality, right? Not being able to walk, like on some real shit. Not being able to walk. Not being able to maneuver the way you want to. For a couple of days, I couldn't take a shower. I mean, I was just the shit was just hurting so bad. You know what I mean? Like able-bodied people should be <laughs> should, should should feel blessed. You know what I mean? You got the you, you got the goddamn use of your limbs. You can use your arms and your legs and your limbs. This is a blessing, family. Just being alive is, and we understand that. But use everything as a as an eye opener, as a way to gain perspective. Because dealing with my back problems, this is maybe like the uh, fourth time in my fourth or fifth time in my life. Like maybe two thousand and eleven was the first time it happened and i didn't know what was going on like i just woke up and couldn't move literally this is for my four kids in the house i gotta bring them to school and shit i wake up and can't even move can't drive can't move we didn't know what was going on but as it continued to happen i went to the doctor found out what was going on excuse me it's debilitating family so if you're in a position where you got legs like motherfuckers shouldn't be able to tell you nothing like you ain't got no excuses out here in this world like on some real shit, you got two legs, you got two arms, and you can move them, and you can move these motherfuckers as, as, as good as you need to. You got a stable head on your sh shoulder, and you don't deal with mental illnesses and things like that outwardly. Everybody dealing with stuff, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, be thankful you got legs. Shit, be thankful you can walk. When I was sitting there laid up, I'm like, man, if I was ever in a position where I couldn't walk or I couldn't move, I don't know. Like, I don't, we gonna have to do something. You know what I mean? That that ain't me just to be laying around like that. But anyways, I'm happy to be back, family. Another video, Melanated Convo, YouTube channel. Please subscribe if you haven't done so yet. Facebook, YouTube, 
all the digital podcast platforms. Let's go real quick. Now, I read an article while I was laid up, family, and I want to kind of discuss the tentaments of how something like this happens. I talk about it a lot, but we can never speak about some of these things enough, like until all of us are well aware of how important some of this shit is. We need to continue to talk about it, voice our opinions, add perspective, right? So I was reading this article that was really, it was telling yet kind of shocking to me, but I'm I'm aware of how my people are and how we got this way, right? So in this article, it basically talks about the transfer of generational wealth, like speaking about where we are as black folks, how much money we have, how much money we save, what are the necessary assets that we have currently, and how we will the necessary ways we can transfer this to our the next generation, to our kids, to our grandkids, or what have you, right? So an estimated, and this is what the article says. I'll get into some of the information about the article. Then I have a small video. I'm going to play a, a, a piece of a video that speaks to the wealth gap in America, and then we'll get into that, right? So the, the article goes on to say, an estimated $68 trillion will be transferred from U.S. households to, to hairs and charities over the next 25 years, and Black Americans might miss out on this transfer. So according to an analysis of high net worth and ultra high net worth markets by consulting group Cerulli Associates, by 2047, trillions will have been passed down to future generations. And due to a lack in estate planning in Black America, Blacks might not uh, uh, actively transfer their wealth to, to their descendants. Now, a couple things I want to say about that. Of course, the first part about that is th- they're basically saying we, regardless of how much we do have, what we have won't get transferred down to our kids or our grandkids properly because a lot of us don't have an estate. A lot of us don't have life insurance and family. I always mention this and I have to speak to my actual life experiences. My family has a funeral home and one of the biggest, um, one of the common denominators rather with the families that come in and this is black. Like we, it isn't a black business. Like anyone is welcome, but because we're in the black community, because of where we're, where we're situated, it ends up being the majority of our constituents are black. Right. And this all speaks to the same thing because people come in and there's sometimes there's not life insurance. Sometimes there's poor planning on the part of the person that actually died. I did a video about this a few weeks ago about like death and grief and stuff like that. You could check that out on YouTube, but at the end of that video, I kind of spoke to the fact that if you are a person that has died, there are some things you can do pre-death to make sure the the transition for your family is as easy as possible or as manageable as possible not easy but manageable rather you know what i mean and one of the big parts in that is creating life insurance you could start small like we have to understand where we come from and how we've got into the position that we're in now and how we're just thinking about tomorrow and not the future so Yeah, we need to get life insurance. You need to figure out a will and testament. This isn't even necessarily based on the amount of money you make. This is just based on making sure things are situated when you're not here. And of course, you want to get, you know, we'll talk about this a little later, but you want to get 401k and invest in stocks. Like all of these are determining factors to wealth in America. But on a minimal level, you should at least have life insurance. Like the generations after us, like our parish should mean 
um, an upward spiral for the remaining members of our family financially. Like, that's what I'm beginning to learn. It took me a while to realize this, but this is real shit, family. You die, you should leave your kids something. And, like... Uh, financially, but also a mental capacity so they'll have an idea of what to do with that money. You see what I'm saying? So real quick, because what this is speaking to, yes, it's speaking to the fact that we need life insurance and we need to plan better, but I think the bigger thing it's speaking to is just the discrepancy in wealth in America, in the wealth gap, right? So the article also goes on to say white families had a medium wealth of 1000 I'm sorry, $188,200 compared to 24,000 of black families. So that's a fucking, excuse my French family, that's a large amount of money, right? So when you look at that, you have black people on different ends of the spectrum, right? You have some black people who know history and rely on the data from history and the incidents from history to say, you know what, if you trace, and I forgot to bring my book uh, by Dr. Claude Anderson, White black labor white wealth great book you should get white labor i'm sorry black labor white wealth black labor white wealth by claude anderson does a great job dr claude anderson excuse me does a great job of breaking down exactly how we got to the wealth gap we're in now but the long and short of it is what we've been shut out of right so real quickly um because i want to drill home the importance of these type of things to the family. Some, some of these things may feel like repetitive to a degree, but I mean, it's 43 million of us, y'all, until, in my opinion, 70, 80% of us are doing things in a particular fashion, we'll continue to be in the position that we're in in this country. You can look at politicians and you can look at outside forces and what should be done. Like, this is true, reparations, programs for people of color like it, there's a lot of things that can be done but at the end of the day there are things that we can do ourselves to kind of circumvent how things turn out for us and put ourselves in the best position possible even with the outside forces available that can fuck shit up at any time you know what i mean so i'm gonna I'm I'm play a little bit of this video then we're gonna talk about it family and this video is basically talking about how excuse me, how the racial wealth gap was created in this country. Give me one second, family. Let's get this thing popping. All right, let's go. Oh, hold on one second. Hold on one second, family. There it goes. The origins of the racial wealth gap begins when black people interest insured to the United States as chattel capital. There were two forms in which black people served as capital the uncompensated labor that they provided, but, but their, their sheer bodies, bodies themselves could be traded, could be traded and stood as a source, source of wealth and wealth, wealth building for white, white people. The enslavement of black people in America is what made the U.S. economy grow into the powerhouse that it is today. Even though most of this farming activity was going on in the southern part of the United States, businesses all over the country were involved in this. Insurance companies insured the slaves themselves. There were even slave-backed securities that could be traded by financial institutions. In essence, slavery encompassed nearly every part of it. Okay, real quick, something I want to add. Something, because sometimes people... Black and white. Hold on one second. Wait. Oh, hold on one second. 
Hold on one second, family. Hold on one second, family. I got to go back real quick. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Hey, but something I want to add real quick. Hold on one second. Damn it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's going on, family? What's going on with this computer? Let me see, family. Let me see, let me see. Okay, I'm going to pull it up again once I get back to where I was. But something that I wanted to add, right? So sometimes people tell me, or I see people in society, black and white, will speak to the fact that we need to kind of stop talking about slavery. Like we need to quit um, focusing on the slavery piece. Like it was such a long time ago, right? Yes, this was a long time ago, but family, understand like they're saying here in this video, every every system that we have in place today was kind of constructed through through slavery. When we look at the banking system, when we look at the insurance systems, when we look at the, the, the railroad, when we look at the stock market, all of these industry was created through through the money generated through slavery. You see what I'm saying? So when we talk like the black American experience, the melanated American experience, right? Using the term that I like to use uh, more appropriately. When we look at our experience here in this country, it's directly linked. The wealth gap, the things that we don't necessarily have is directly linked to slavery. It's directly linked to how we got here. Whether you say we were here already or whatever the case may be, for those of us who were not here already, whoever that may be, like we can get into the minutia of that shit later. The bottom line is somebody owe us some money. <laughs> shit, right? Somebody owe us, uh, uh, owe us some money. So this is interesting to me. I'm going to get back into the video and then we're going to get into some ways that we can generate wealth and that we can some things we can stop doing to make sure we don't we don't make it worse for ourselves. You know what I mean? So hold on one second. Let me add this back on here, family, because this is some deep shit. Things all of us need to be aware of and care about. Family, let's go. Of the U.S. economy at this point. At the start of the Civil War, each slave was worth an average of $1,000. That came to $4 billion at that point because there were around 4 million slaves in the U.S. In today's money, that comes to $42 trillion. And $42 trillion is about double the size of the So $42 trillion? $42 trillion. And you saying you don't owe me no money? And you saying that if that if if, if this would have been done correctly, if these funds would have been allocated correctly, we wouldn't be in a different position in this country. Like, look, dude, I am not making an excuse for personal accountability. I'm sick of people hitting me with this shit. You're making an excuse for, for black people. We need to be accountable. We need to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Stop all this stupid shit. If you're an adult and you can fucking read, stop being scared, man. It's okay to say I'm black and I've been victimized in this country. What? I'm smart. I'm I'm upward thinking. I'm 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 mobile. I own a business. I think positive. I do everything right to my ability. I'm hella confident. Like just because I'm admitting that this system has victimized me don't mean that I ain't shit. Don't mean that I have a victimized mentality. See, we're we're, we're, we're talking two different things. We all know people just in life, like fuck some black, white shit, just in life who view themselves as a victim. Things happen in opposed to, to assessing how they can address it or opposed to assessing how they can fix something. They focus on the fact that they've been victimized by someone or by something, right? 
that's a that's someone who has a victimhood mentality. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm confident enough and I'm smart enough when I look at everything going on in our country and how we've been treated to say, yes, at any moment. This system can victimize me and it has been victimizing me systematically. That don't mean I can't thrive. That don't mean I can't attempt to be the best version of myself that I can. But we see that that's difficult when we look at the percentages of black millionaires and black billionaires and the percentages of, 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 of us who are at like the upper echelon of financial status in this country. We see that it's difficult. This don't mean don't try. This don't mean don't bust your ass. This don't mean don't be creative and intuitive about what you want to do with yourself. This don't mean don't do that, but understand the system so you can maneuver around it. I'm tired of saying that shit. This is a system that's been put in place. And all you Negroes who say it ain't that bad, uh, 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 it ain't like that, that we shouldn't focus on that. Just if, look, if you if you find out you sick, right? If you find out you got cancer, if you find out you got some kind of ailment in your body and you don't focus on it, you 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 prevent you for any for whatever reason mentally you say I'm not going to focus on it. I'm going to just take some cough medicine. I'm going to just ignore it and take some cough. Your ass going to die. You know what I mean? You <laughs> in order to get rid of a problem, you have to focus on the root of the problem. What is the root of the problem which this country understands? what the root of the problem is they just don't give a shit right so knowing this don't mean you a victim knowing this or knowing this don't mean you have a victimhood mentality knowing this just means you should work even harder you should try your best to maneuver around it you should practice group economics and you should you should focus on the unity piece understand that because of all these things it would behoove me god damn it to unify with the people around me opposed to using this crab in a barrel mentality that was put on us too right we have a whole goddamn <laughs> we have to unlearn everything that's why hey check it out family i'm big on starting fresh i think <laughs> shit, i think if you black in this country if you a melanated brother assistant in this country start fresh like when you start your family right let's say boom um, <laughs> all my men out there right you start your family boom you got your woman, you got your kid, y'all got your house, y'all apartment, y'all rocking out, however you're going to give it up. Start fresh. Get a piece of paper and say, okay, look, how are we going to maneuver in our existence? Let's create our own rules. Are we going to celebrate how, I don't mean create your own rules, like be unlawly and do whatever the fuck you want to do, like karma don't exist, like the universal laws don't exist. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you need to rethink everything traditionally that you've been handed down from your religion to your practices, to your, to your holidays, to your everything about the human experience in America. If you're black, you should examine it to determine if it actually fits you, right? Think about it. That's what everything, family, we all know all of these holidays are bullshit. So what are we doing? Like, what's the pressure to actually celebrate these holidays when we know they bullshit? You see what I'm saying? So you should sit down with your woman, with your man, and say, hey, look, man, what are we going to celebrate? What are we not going to celebrate? Who are we going to pray to? You hear me? Who are we going to pray to? Because anything you do research on, you'll find a crock of shit at the beginning. That, that's, that goes for religion, too. 
You see what I'm saying? I'm not <laughs> I'm not tough on my Christian brothers and sisters because whatever you use it, I'm 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 at a I'm at a peace with with my religious family. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> whatever you use into put yourself in a better place mentally, spiritually, to make you help people out more, to make you be a better version of you, do that shit. Now, if you fronting and and you you putting your religion in front of your actual practical and and not being practical with it, because I know people who practice religion maybe on Sunday, but Monday to go back to being the goddamn devil. Like you, you ain't acting like God. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways, but that's something we need to look at, family. So let's look at a little bit more of this video so we can kind of get an idea of how this racial wealth gap was created here in America, family, because it was created. Let's go. Hold on one second. I gotta put this back on here. I'm happy to be back, man. I'm happy to be be. I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back spitting with the family. But back feeling cool. You know what I mean? Hold on one second. All right. Oh, dogs. With the 13th Amendment that freed slaves, the point is that that's not enough. When you've had centuries of literally bondage imposed upon a people, if you want true justice or true freedom, there needed to be not only that, that freedom from bondage, but actual accompanying of resources so that people could pursue their livelihood. Uh, expecting a people to, to thrive and flourish without compensation for all that unjust harm really just set up a system for oppression and a system that was unjust. Toward the end of the Civil War, General William Tecumseh Sherman made a promise to slaves that as soon as the war was over, they would be granted 40 acres of land and a mule. This idea of giving land had a dual purpose. People that supported it saw it as a way to both free the formerly enslaved from their old masters and as a way to dilute the power of these Southern landowners. But a few months later, President Abraham Lincoln was shot and killed. His vice president, Johnson, swiftly got rid of this promise. When Andrew Johnson vetoed the Freedmen's Bill, he See, so think about how powerful that is. 40 acres in a meal. We've heard the term at nauseum over the past 20, 30 years. Like, I get that. But think about that concept, right? We know, we know real estate is one of the biggest indicators of wealth in this country. 40 acres? Think about if all of our grandparents, all of our great-great-grandparents had 40 acres. Think about that. Think about the difference in how we would be living now as far as where we would live like what what the value of that property 40 50 100 fucking years later how, whenever we would have gotten that late 1800s i think think about the 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 value of that property now think about how powerful that would make us being a people that after going through everything we've been through we're still the most idolized individuals in this country we still create the culture in america don't get it fucked up we still create the vibe like our melanin is the shit and everybody know it just imagine if we also had all the money <laughs> not all but if it was more evenly spread out then i mean come on y'all we we understand what the differences would would, would be that's why it's important not to dwell on these things, but to get a great understanding of how we got here, family. You cannot 
undo the past until you learn. Like if you don't learn your past, you're going to repeat it. You see what I'm saying? Except, look, this is a white man's government. So that that was the impetus. But also use this idea that like the government doesn't give away land. This is capitalism. And the idea that this is a free market and laissez-faire was very much used to undercut claims of the, the 40 acres. Well, at the same time, the government is giving away free land um, out west through the Homestead Act. The so look, real quick, this is what I always say. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Let me see here. Hold on one second. I'm happy they're mentioning this. When we look at uh, um, um, initiatives like the Homestead Act that they're mentioning now, family, this was white reparations. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. This is white people getting a leg up in a society where people are being enslaved. Some of our Caucasian counterparts, their great, great, great grandparents was given discounts on homes. Basically, they was given they was given a goddamn layup on land and ownership and interest rates and all these things that reverberate through their families still to this day. Like, you know what I mean? In all, 270 million acres were given out as part of the bills. That land, which accounts for about 10 percent of the entire country, was mostly stolen from Native Americans. And most of the 1.5 million Americans that benefited from the Homestead Acts were white. They were literally giveaways that provided white people ultimately a key ingredient to build wealth, and that's capital itself. And by design, black people were not included. The Homestead Act is a dramatic indicator of U.S. government facilitating the accumulation for white people and not facilitating it for black people, but it's one of many. The Homestead Act fits into a larger context that throughout our United States history, well beyond slavery. You know, we think about racial repression and we think that with emancipation that all of a sudden we were a free country. But a bigger point to make is that if we think about a middle class, a middle white asset building class, it was government policy that generated it. So another thing I want to say real quickly, some I, I'm, I'm not of the belief that all white people are racist. I don't speak in absolutes. I don't think all of nothing. Right. Well, but I will say, if not all white people, a high percentage, I would say shit, 90 some odd percent have benefited from white supremacy. So you may not be racist yourself. You may not on a day-to-day -day practice discriminating black people based on employment, um, um, based on an institution that you work in, based on some structural form of racism. You may not be participating there directly. May not, right? But if your great-great-grandpa benefited from the Homestead Act or, 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 or any of the other institutionalized instances where white people were given a leg up, then you benefit from it whether you want to or not. You feel me? And that's just the harsh reality of it. That's why when we talk about like critical race theory and this type of shit being discussed in school, it's almost mind boggling that this country wants white children to think you didn't your family didn't participate negatively in how this country has shaped up. They the blowback to critical race theory, which is basically in a nutshell, teaching the history of this country to small children. The blowback for the most part, politicians, people on the other side of the wall, people who 
some white supremacists, some not, just people who who are a little, you know, they have blind spots and shit. Their whole thing is, well, we don't want to teach white kids that they're that it's their fault that black people are in a position that they're in. Well, I mean, shit. We're not saying directly. If you're nine, no, Timmy, you didn't in you, uh, you didn't keep blacks in bondage, but your great 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 grandpa may have. Maybe just your great great. Maybe not even three greats back. You see what I'm saying? So they may have participated, and you may not feel that way today. You may be a person who is who is who is fair minded, who who look past color. The motherfuckers say they don't see color. Yeah, you do. Everybody sees color. You may know how to look past that to see the contents of a person's character like you're supposed to. That may be you all day. But that don't take away the fact that your grandpa wasn't shit. What are we supposed to do about that? History is history is history. Like I always say, you know what I mean? What little economic successes black people were able to have at this time often spurred a lot of resentment among whites. This led to thousands of lynchings of black people and other violent attacks, sometimes on entire black neighborhoods and communities. My name is Roy Wood, and I'm not ashamed to be a friend. This was in the time of heavy Jim Crows, in the time of, you know, rising Klan, and in the time where white supremacy was gaining this pseudoscientific legitimacy. It is the case that throughout history, not only have Blacks not been permitted to accumulate land, capital, and other forms of resource to the same extent as whites, but when they were able to overcome barriers and accumulate those resources, it's always been subject to outright terror, outright seizure, because we did not have the codification that comes along with government to protect the resources of Black people in the same way that it was protected for white people. Tulsa, for example, in the 1900s, it was an oil boom with a lot of wealth that was in that community. And so they built you know, the Greenwood District and the central part of the city was this Black church. It was very ornate, beautiful. You know, these places are called the Black Wall Street, where it wasn't a sharecropping market. There were land holdings. The thing that happened was that the racial resentment grew. Only I'm and we all are aware of Tulsa, Oklahoma, which they're speaking about now, Black Wall Street, where we it was a prosperous, thriving community with everything you would need from a bank to a school to a church to a movie theater, everything you would need. Just not a gun store. See, I think that African our spirituality sometimes allows us just to kind of be one with the situation and be so um relaxed to a degree and not as militant as necessary because again from my understanding the black wall street didn't have a gun store they didn't have a a structure base that could help protect that community if you have a if you have a whole community of 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 people thriving and and doing the right thing and being prosperous especially if you're black you need some force of of protection for these people like a militarization of certain individuals in the community to make sure shit don't pop off in a negative manner. You know what I mean? Like pre preparing, because again, being in a situation like that, I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. but preparing for the day if and when people outside of the community want to come in and fuck shit up. Because I mean, especially back then, 
it, it wasn't much of this going around. And regardless of where you were in America, a white lady could just say you tried to rape her. There could be any incident. They used anything to come into your community and fuck shit up. We just needed to be a little more prepared, in my opinion. You feel me? There were, you know, bombings and really just a complete just destruction of that of that city and, and very much stemming from that resentment. In that one day, Black Wall Street was destroyed and 10,000 Tulsans were displaced. There's even evidence that World War I bomber planes were used to burn the town. Yeah, evidence my ass that happened. The, the, the U.S. city bombed by the military. A U.S. city, hear me out, family. A U.S. city bombed by military. You feel me? By, by, by U.S. forces. In Tulsa alone, the property damage amounts to about $200 million in today's money. The Tulsa massacre was not an isolated incident. About 100 of these occurred between the end of the Civil War and the 1940s, destroying a substantial amount of Black wealth. On the one hand, those communities are clear examples of the ways in which Black people have demonstrated they can not only survive, but it can actually thrive. But on the other hand, we romanticize the past. We describe a nostalgia as if we had these kingdoms of gold, when in reality, it was never the case that Black people had wealth en masse. That said, left to our own brothers, the wealth gap is not going to be solved. Slavery itself created a multi-trillion dollar wealth gap, and the period immediately following slavery didn't do anything to close it. And none of that includes the one thing that most people today can trace their wealth back to. Homeownership. Mm -hmm. Following the Great Depression, Congress passed a series of laws to help the country recover from the economic crisis. Among them was the 1934 National Housing Act. This law, for the first time, made home ownership affordable to working class individuals. And that was a good thing, except for the fact that it intentionally excluded Black people. And mortgage companies did not lend to Black people. In fact, the federal government went the other way. Federal government, as well as local governments, they facilitated the process of excluding Black people from these products. And how did they do so? Neighborhoods were redlined. The government created maps that showed the level of risk by neighborhood. These had different colors, and the riskiest was outlined in red. This was very much a crude calculus, but sophisticated in a way that they actually had tons of maps across the country. Uh, and you, you would see the, the way that they uh, mapped out a neighborhood. And they looked at the houses. Is it single family? Is it industrial? Is it you know, farmland, what are the characteristics of the neighborhood? But the number one thing that they looked at is who lives there, right? So they would say, this is a black neighborhood, red line. And naturally, what would develop? Slums. What would develop? Neighborhood degradation. When you have capital fleeing certain areas and capital being flooded into areas, the outcomes become obvious. And I actually did a video about this a few weeks ago, family. And again, sometimes some of these things may seem repetitive, but... When people approach me 
and have conversations with me about why things are the way they are. And they ex completely exclude all of these examples from history. You that that's that's intellectually dishonest family. If we we because we were looking, we were talking about, you know, a few weeks ago, I was talking about the ghettos in America and somebody was we were talking a lot about. You know, rappers being killed in their own city and rappers being killed and how rap music is ruining the ghetto and all these backwards ass articles I was reading when in actuality, the ghetto is a the rappers are a byproduct of these type of environments. A lot of the young black men that we see on TV or not are byproducts of dilapidated communities that was created. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you want to be accountable and find your way out of it. Yeah, you want to be smart and avoid the traps of the neighborhoods, but the shit's difficult, family. That's why they call it a goddamn trap. Who can get out of traps? <laughs> shit, <laughs> shit. Many, many people, animals, even shit, can't really get out of traps. That's why. That, that, that's why they call it a trap. And it's not an excuse to say I was raised in a downtrodden environment where police swarmed the neighborhoods and treated everybody like shit most of the people didn't have money this isn't excuse this isn't an excuse for me not to become successful in the future but it's an outline of how things happen if we're going to if we're going to eradicate anything a sickness a ailment anything in society first you have to get down to how the shit got that way right All right, let's go. And everybody listen to me on the digital platforms. If you're listening to the Melanated Convo podcast on digital platforms, um, 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 Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all these different places, I'm doing a commentary video on an actual video that I found online. If you ever want to see the video form of what we're doing today, you can go to the Melanated Convo podcast or the Melanated Convo, rather, on YouTube and see the video version of this conversation where you can see the actual video I'm playing as well. A few more minutes, family, then we're going to talk a little bit about what we can do as black folks. We always want to create solutions. So let's take a look. Because it was a black neighborhood, you did not get that FHA mortgage. You did not get that GI Bill loan. You did not get the farm loans. So today, the legacy of those laws is that your neighborhood is very much racially coded. This is how racism gets embedded in wealth. Word came from Capitol. All right, so that's it. That that's all I want to play. You guys get the point. This is something that I've talked about many times before at nauseum. So you know it, that that's just really important to me. Hold on one second. Yeah, that's just really important to me that we discuss those things. So what we need to talk about really quickly before we end the video. And thank you for joining me, family. I'm so happy to be back. So happy to not have my back hurting like I was saying. I have sciatica in my back, and it was like the nerves up and down my legs. I couldn't move. You know what I mean? Like last weekend, I was the bottom part like of my leg. The nerves in my leg was kind of feeling weird. And I had my granddaughters and I brought them, you know, to do a few things with them. And I reached inside of my car and I kind of felt like a crack in like where my spinal cord is. You know what I mean? And whenever that happens, that's when the process begins and the pain just be, gets more sufficient and more sufficient to the point where it was difficult for me to walk family so i'm happy to be sitting in front of y'all man doing what the hell i do now quick, quick things we just spoke about the system and what the system has done to us right boom but when we when we look at creating generational wealth or we look at preparing our children or preparing for the next generation preparing our great grandkids like looking ahead right there's several different things you can do we we just discuss some of that in a video, but let's go over it real quick. Uh, of course, if you have a job, it's nothing wrong with 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 um, put money aside for a 401k. 
pension, whatever type of saving mechanism your job has. Look into it thoroughly, but this is always a good idea. Of course, we mentioned buying a house. Like just because we talked about redlining and we talked about the wealth gap and in and and the financial or or the the mortgage lending practices that put us in a different position. Excuse me, family. That don't mean you can't buy a house. Like none of this is to make you feel like it can't happen. None of this is to make you feel like it, it it's too far gone and you can't be something because of these things. This is just letting you know what to avoid. This is just letting you know if 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 something happens to you based on race, be prepared for it, man. Be prepared and fight for your people. That's that's it. You ain't got to walk around um, accusing people of doing shit to you. You ain't got to walk around with a chip on your shoulder acting like something racially motivated is about to happen to you. Just when the shit happened, be ready. You see what I'm saying? So you could buy a house. Of, of course, that's a form of wealth in this country. Again, you know what I mean? Your job, 401k, whatever type of retirement mechanism they have available. But like I always say, we need to all find something that we love. So if you are working a job that you love, you won. I don't think that happens enough in our country. If you're working a job, a nine to five, and you actually love your nine to five and the money is sufficient and you're happy with it, good job. That shit is rare. Most of the time, as adults, we find ourselves in positions where we just need a job and we're doing whatever we need to to make ends meet. Right. That's cool too. do that. But find yourself something like so even like we all say start a business, start a business, start a business. That shit's not easy. Like that ain't just something you you jump up and do. But with hard work, with with uh, like gaining the proper knowledge, it's all possible. You see what I'm saying? You just have to it has to be something that you love to do. It has to be something that if the money isn't coming. This is my opinion, family. If the money isn't coming, if, if it isn't generating anything financially, would you still do it? How motivated would you be to how motivated would you be to do said thing if there was no money coming in? So we have to be mindful of that. Like you, you should be doing something you love to do. And if you love to do it, then the money is going to eventually come because you're going to be consumed with it. That's all. That's a part of the process. You see what I'm saying? So this could be something you can do to help prepare your children or help prepare for the next generation. You start a business, small, medium, large, like invest your time, your resources, and your intellectual capacity into this thing, and I promise you it'll work. You may know what I mean? With enough energy, with enough willpower, this, this shit's gonna work. You just gotta stay at it. You feel me? The, the level of consistency necessary to accomplish a lot of shit, most people just don't wanna do it. Let's just be honest. You see what I'm saying? And that's black, white, red, don't matter your nationality or race. This is just human behavior to a degree. You know what I mean? So start a business. Invest in the stock market yourself, right? If we look at how we spend money, which we always speak about the trillions of dollars that black people spend on a yearly basis, on a quarterly basis, whatever the case may be, this is true. Let's try circumventing some of these funds. So instead of, you know, always buying your kids Jordans, instead of always spending money on materialistic shit, for your kid's birthday, buy them stock in Nike. Buy them. There's percentage stocks you can buy now. So if you can't afford one full stock, buy some, buy a smaller percentage and put money into it. What this is doing really is just showing your kids a different way. Regardless of how productive or, or, or how lucrative that becomes immediately, really it's just a train of thought. It's just training your children to say, okay, let me use money as a tool opposed to just being a goddamn consumer. You know what I mean? So you can invest in the stock market. And like we just said, buying a home because it ain't like hella white families is just smarter and they didn't figure out a way to ma maneuver in the system and they worked harder and pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and all this bullshit. This isn't necessarily the case. They were given a leg up 
based on information we just seen. And a lot of it is just home ownership. They got a house that increases in value. The grandfather left, left it to a son. The son leave it to his son. This is just accumulating wealth in families. You know what I mean? You, they take that money from the home. If someone down the line is smart, they refinance, get the money out, start a business, do something productive. Some Sometime down the line, somebody in the family may do something smart like that. If not, it's still a beautiful situation for the family. You know what I mean? And like we just said, slavery created the banking system, the railroad system, the stock market, everything around. So at the end of the day, cut us our goddamn check, too. You know what I mean? The, we're, <laughs> we're talking about the things we can do to help build wealth. But let's not negate the fact that this country fucking owes us. I'm never going to come off of that. And, and, you know, we like what and what we experience sometimes is just human to a degree, like teenage pregnancy, family members on drugs, like not having money and all this type of shit. Other races of people deal with the same thing too. We, they just don't have the added pressure of the system helping them in those endeavors. You know what I mean? It, it makes it a little more fucked up when, when you live in a dilapidated community and the powers that be want you to be that way. The powers that be orchestrated your demise to a degree. That makes it a little more different when you have a bigger enemy at play. So that's all we should look at. That Those are all things we should look at. And again, we like the personal accountability piece is always a big thing, family. When we look at how we spend our money, I just said it a few minutes ago, but this needs to be recontextualized. Like I'm tired of seeing families and I understand being in the being in the ghetto, being in environments where you don't feel love, where you don't feel worth like your Jordans, your nice materialistic things gives you that feeling of self-worth. But that's that's fleeing family. That's not no real shit. And really, it's up to us as adults to teach the kids around us like, man, look. I think all of us should look nice. I think all of us should dress nice, regardless of the price point you choose. But what you how you put yourself together is important. Right. But the amount of money we spend, who we spend our money with, all these are just choices. Like I, I go out of my way to find black business to spend my money with when it comes to the clothes I wear, the jewelry, anything I'm buying. I first try to seek out someone who looks like me that has a reasonable price, like whatever's in my price range. I'm not going to spend money with you just because you're black. It's because you're black. Well, it's because it's in my price range. It's because there's there's a level of profession. Um, you're, you're a professional, with, 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 uh, whatever you're presenting me. Um, I'm, I see the professionalism. I see the business acumen. And then the tiebreaker is that you look like me. You know what I mean? Because we have to do better business to a degree as well like not nigga business but real business which it could be it could be a process that's why i'm patient with my people because i understand where we come from you just seen what the fuck we come from you think these kind of people just immediately gonna have the business acumen necessary to do things correctly it may take some trial and error we just gotta be patient with one another you know what i mean but let's not make it worse family you want to buy something nice? You want to spend like some money with Gucci or some type of big brand name who some of them even come out and say, fuck you, niggas. Cool. Like spend your money how you want. But try to spend it with somebody black. Try to find a black clothing store or black shoe company or something. And again, don't just give them your money because they're black and you're black. Make sure they qualified. Make sure the products is up to, up to par. Make sure everything is up to your standard. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But we got to figure this shit out. Like the, the wealth gap in America was created, but individually, what are we going to do about it? See?
we that's that's the bottom line. We understand what the system has done to put us here, but individually, what are we gonna do about it? How 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 much do we actually plan for the future? This is the average melanated American. Like, how much do we actually plan for the future? How much do we focus on getting life insurance, getting a will, getting the power of attorney, whatever it may be to establish whatever little we have, so can't nobody come in and fuck us up? Because sometimes with the article I was reading you guys earlier about the trillions of dollars that we'll miss out when wealth is transferred because we don't have wills and things in place when we die. Also, um, um, that piece is important because if you don't, if you don't have a will or something like that, then and judge and, and, and lawyers got to get involved. Then you have to pay the lawyers. Now the lawyers is siphoning money off top and your shit can be in litigation or be caught up in the courts for years. So that little <laughs> that little 40,000 your mama had going to be going to be 18, going to be 15 once they done chopping it down all because things weren't in place properly. Family, you know what I mean? So black family, if you don't have life insurance, get life insurance today. If you have never invested money in the stock market, do a little research, go online. It's a lot of brothers, black men online, Wall Street trapper and individuals like this who give a lot of good game about the stock market. Try it. Do the penny stocks like immediately. You know what I mean? When you get paid, some people say when you get paid, you should save a little money. I say save a little money. But if you're not comfortable, just put money in a bank that don't accumulate nothing. Put it in some type of investment account. Put that money into the stock market. Like, you know, what I mean, and let it just build up that way start educating yourself on the financial endeavors it may take to get your family out of the rut they in now. You feel me? This is your brother Harrison, man. Melanated combo. Please like the video, share the video. All the digital listeners. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Leave a review of the show. Tell me I need to do better. Tell me I need to do something. You know what I mean? Holla at your boy, man. This is your brother Harrison. Melanated combo. I'm out.